Hi, this is uh, Stephen Fisher. And this is John Sutton. And this is Quixotic. Uh, this is kind of a, I guess, a redo episode because we haven't really done much in a while. We, so, we were uh, on a long hiatus. <laughs> very long we recorded hiatus. like two, I think, that we never released. Yep. So now it's now it's basically trying to get this back in, in session. Life happened, 2020, all that fun shit, and now we're here. Um, so real quick, uh, so we'll, we'll delve into uh, the top overrated movies. Um, our picks. Overrated. I'd say our picks. Like, our picks. we find overrated. I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know that I'm not going to agree with John's, and John probably will not agree with any of mine, but we can give some uh, some great ideas on why there might be overrated. So, um, But we'll start this with uh, a little bit about what we're drinking, because um, uh, this, uh, this is usually a conversation over cocktails, beer, and wine. Um, but the unfortunate part is I am on a juice cleanse, so I am drinking herbal tea right now and not drinking either of beer, wine, or a cocktail. John, what are you drinking? You know, the funny thing is I took a, Myr- a trip to Myrtle Beach a few months back, and I ordered this drink at a bar because it's a take on a Moscow mule, and I loved it, and I memorized the ingredients so I know how to make it, but I don't remember what it's called. You have no clue? I don't remember. I'd have to go back to that bar and hope it's still on their menu. All right. So what's in it? It is vodka, simple syrup, and ginger beer in a Moscow Mule cup, which is – I'll get another minute. You stir that. Then you finish it with a Pinot Noir and top it with grated ginger for garnish. Wait. You put Pinot Noir in it? Oh, interesting. And a Moscow Mule cup is metal, mine's copper, because metal gets colder. If you've ever drank a soda out of a aluminum can versus a plastic bottle, you know what I mean. And like glass. Like glass is also paper. Like I would hope 100% of our people have done before. Yeah. But I mean, if you've ever noticed how a soda out of a can is colder than out of a plastic bottle, same concept applies. So... It's that it keeps the drink much, much colder. And this is a drink you also make in the cup, not in a shaker. Very true. Sweet. Yep. Um, so, uh, so it's delicious. I take it then or else you would not be drinking. It is it. delicious. You do have to like ginger, which I do. That's good. That's actually, it's been the uh, bulk of my juice that I've been drinking. has been nothing but ginger. So uh, I had one that was a jalapeno and ginger uh, mixed in with blue green algae. That was quite interesting. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's not a health craze. I do this. Uh, I've been doing this at least once a year. So figured now is a good time as ever. So yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I chose the wrong week when we decided to redo this. <laughs> and so I enjoy a, a drink. No, but that's right. You, you uh, to make up for it, next one, you have to just have a bottle of scotch. Just uh, So <laughs> I've got... I've got. I bought a bottle of Terramana tequila because I keep hearing everybody say that it is well worth it. I was like, all right, well, cool. I've got my bottle of... Um, peanut butter whiskey, but I don't think that that's going to be like a, a, an actual sipper. I feel like that's that's something you have to mix no matter what. So we'll see how that one what goes. What would you mix that with? Uh, uh, hot chocolate? I don't know. Some, <laughs> some, some chocolate drink. Like a weird, <laughs> that's like a weird take on a hot toddy right there. But 
Yeah, yeah. Like get, get a uh, get a uh, Reese's uh, Reese's uh, peanut butter cup kind of drink out of it. That's the only thing I can think of. But there's so many like peanut butter goes with so many other things that you could you could probably try to figure it out. So, um, banana, like, is there a banana liqueur out there? There is, right? Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called, but it, there is a banana liqueur. You could maybe go like hot with it, like spicy, and as opposed to peanut butter, like take the peanut aspect and go with like a Thai style drink maybe oh yeah, yeah, yeah that might be a good idea yeah, maybe okay worth experimenting but i'm 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 curious what possessed you to buy a bottle of peanut butter whiskey uh this girl that i am dating uh, kept talking about it um and i was like oh cool so um i was thinking that one night she'd come over and we'd Makes a drink together or something like that, and I was like, oh, "I'll just get this, try it if out." If I ever um, told you to try this peanut butter whiskey, you would have said no. No, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I would have given it a shot because yeah, I do like whiskey. So um, no, I, I like I like the idea. One, I, I'm not a big fan of flavored whiskeys, but uh, but I do love peanut butter. So fair it's, enough. It's hard. There was a yeah. we used to get the. Salted caramel vodka from uh, the Stoli, and up in Connecticut there was a local uh, apple orchard, and we'd get their locally pressed cider. And man, you could make that drink fifty fifty. You could make it so strong, and it just tasted like a caramel apple. It was so good. Um, I don't know, man. I've never see. That's the thing is, I've never been a fan of like flavored. <laughs> Drinks, sweet all. things. I'm just saying, like this thing tasted like a caramel apple. You could not tell that it was half vodka. Um, sure. Anyway, I love it. So, cool. That's it. <laughs> good good <laughs> chat. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so we'll go we'll, we'll, real quick. Um, so let's let's talk. So John had this idea about uh, let's talking about the. Our, our top rated, our top overrated movies, um, and I think on both of our lists we're going to find some similarities to one. But I know that this debate started over over Blade Runner, um, and uh, or not really, but he mentioned Blade Runner as being an overrated movie. Uh, so we're going to have to devote a whole segment to Blade Runner because I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where where I feel like it's it's. Uh, not the best masterpiece ever written, but I do believe it's it's a great film. Um, yeah, and, and like I said before, I will have to preface this with, you know what, and especially it's sitting on my DVD shelf, I really probably should sit down and just give it another shot. Um, but circumstances were, you know, I've been a pop culture and sci-fi geek forever, and it was just, it was one of those movies I'd never seen and always heard, man, Blade Runner's a good movie, Blade Runner's a good movie, Blade Runner's... And what I knew about it, like, sounds right up my alley, it's a good movie, and I just... And this was all the way back, this would have been either early 2005 or late 2004, this was back when people still bought DVDs, and I found it in a bargain bin for, I think, $7, and I was like, man, everyone's always talking about this movie, so I picked it up, and I watched it, and it just, just did not get my attention, like, I just sat through it and it, credits rolled and, uh, and I was like, man, I don't see what all the fuss is about. Uh, and that's just really my experience. But to be honest, I don't remember much about it. Uh, so I, I will temper my statement that Blade Runner is overrated by saying I acknowledge that people whose opinions I respect on movies who have similar tastes to me absolutely love Blade Runner. 
So it it's obviously doing something right. And maybe just the mood wasn't right or something like that. So I really do need to give it another chance. But yeah, to me, I just, when I watched it, I didn't see what all the fuss was about. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I will say rewatch it because uh, we'll definitely do one show devoted to just talking about Blade Runner, just like we did a show devoted to Dune. Um, I think there's a lot of themes in that that uh, that are really awesome. Um, uh, I will say that personally, like I, I like because another one of Ridley Scott's movies is on your list. I know that for a fact because um, we've talked about this. Um, and I will say that if you take out my, my thought process on every Ridley Scott film is, is this is take out the, the background, so to speak. Um, so take out the sci-fi nature of it, uh, or take out this and then get into what he's actually doing. So, and we'll talk about this with, with your list, but like Blade Runner, it really, to me, isn't a sci-fi film. It's a film noir. And that's what he was trying to explore. It was just the world that he had set he, up. He, he was uh, set. He was making a film, a noir film in a sci-fi setting. Exactly. Um, if you look at like Christopher Nolan in the Batman series, you know that's that's exactly what he was trying to go with. See, that's a, that's a different aspect on it, and because you, you when you talk about Ridley Scott, now I like critical drinker a lot he makes me laugh and i do think he has a lot of good points and he he did a whole video recommending blade runner he loves blade runner but he also tore apart prometheus and i know you like prometheus um i did i because it, it didn't try to make you i get that the that the alien stuff is overplayed i do feel that with prometheus again you had fox trying to probably interject too much into the into the narrative that should have been and just should have let let, uh, it, it's the same thing as like uh, Dune and um, and David Lynch is just Fox and Ridley Scott is just Fox basically just decided to, to tell tell him how to do his job and that's the movie that we ended up with and so if if you just let somebody like Ridley Scott kind of do what he needs to do and don't get the studio involvement um, I think I think that film would have been much better honestly like. I think I think he was pulled to explain things too much, and not enough in trying to leave it ambiguous for the next movie. You know, um, so. there, there are small things in Prometheus, uh, uh, and it's a very interesting. There's there's got to be some psych- psychological studies on it, but the human interaction with pop culture and or fiction, I should say, in fiction, and the things we'll accept and things we won't, in terms yeah. of when we want realism and when we don't. And there'll just be things that'll just trigger us in terms of really what it is, is it breaks immersion. (laughs) And obviously we, we can enjoy all sorts of fantastic. And we, we, we all love, you know, movies with magic in them and fantasy or like everyone, you know, can take star Wars. There's absolutely unlike star Trek, star Wars has, it's not even sci-fi, it's fantasy and it's has no, interest in trying to make things believable or realistic or anything like that. And we're all fine with it. But then like one of the things that just absolutely like kills the immersion in Prometheus is early on when Charlie Stern's character says, you know, we're over half a billion kilometers from earth. And somebody pointed out that would put you around the orbit of Jupiter. You're, you're in another solar system, like saying we're over half a billion kilometers from earth. While technically accurate is like, saying, you know, like the Lincoln Tunnel is 
just is over an inch long. It was it was such a, a stupid line. It was just you know, <laughs> and that, you know, and that's I, I give that to I don't even know who wrote wrote Prometheus. I, I don't think it was really Scott. I think it was uh, that, uh, one of the, the lost guys. Um, just that, but I, I, that I think it's yeah. that lack of attention to detail, like like who wrote that I'll stupid line kind of thing. It was just. Um, Plus the characters, I think in Prometheus as well, where, where you have a difference in, like you can connect with characters in Star Wars very well. Like you can connect with Han Solo, you can connect with uh, with Luke Skywalker because they're they're grounded characters. They're grounded in reality, so they might be in a fantastical setting, but we've all wanted to be a guy who wants to leave the farm or wants to leave home yeah, or wants or to leave the, look up to the devilish rogue, you know, kind of exactly. sort of right. character of Han Solo. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I find that just an interesting quirk in humanity. And I, I, I'd be curious to see what kind of studies have been on that. Like what, when something is fantastic and absurd in a movie and we take it as just part of the fictional world and when something just breaks our immersion, we're like, that's dumb. Uh, I would be curious about that. So anyway, we were discussing Blade Runner. We, we got off on a tangent there, but. That's right. but, but actually, this is perfect because we were talking about Prometheus, which actually leads you to one of your top overrated films, uh, which yeah. I believe is there. Is that correct? Which what? Which is Alien. The original Alien. And I will also say, going into this, I understand that it is a undisputed cinematic classic. And it spawned an entire genre. Um, people will argue there really are only two good Alien movies, Alien and Aliens. Um, I didn't hate David Fincher's Alien 3. I didn't, I mean, you know, I, did, I didn't hate it. It's not... You know, man, I want to watch Alien Three right now. Like, I haven't watched it in years, and I have no real desire to go watch it right now. But I didn't hate it. Uh, to get it's another studio involvement ruining what could have been from a great and the director. thing is with Alien, it, obviously a really great concept that's kind of been done to death since. But um, <laughs> at for its time, it was groundbreaking. It, it was a whole new level of horror. It capitalized on many of the same things like The Shining capitalized on, like that that isolation aspect, um, you know, being trapped, the claustrophobic setting. That all worked really well. Uh, just for me, Alien, I, I respect it, but it is just too slow. It is too long. Too much down. Too much downtime. Downtime is very important, especially in horror movies. You know, dynamics are important. You can't be, you know, you can't peg it out the whole time because you just get numb to it. You have to have the downtime. It makes the it makes the hits that much harder. But it, they're just too long to me in Alien. Uh, what was uh, Air Force One? It, there was a certain point I think in that movie where I was just like, okay. This is just too much. At some point, like I was like, "All right, everything has gone is, wrong." Is, is that one of your overrated movies? I, I wouldn't say that's one of my over because I don't think it was like really considered like a great film. It was um, kind of a popcorn just, movie, successful in its time, but quickly forgotten. You know, yeah. people don't really care about that movie uh, anymore. Uh, no, and that's yeah, I think I think that, that honestly, and nothing against Harrison Ford, I think he's a great actor. But besides Indiana Jones and On Solo. 
Uh, what character or what movie have you ever seen where you've been like that was just such a great film with errors and four? Uh, uh, I would argue right, The like, Fugitive, and even okay, though I go. didn't really, I, I was a kid at the time, and they were kind of more like adult movies in terms of like they would only appeal to adults. But uh, Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger, I've never seen either one. I know they were oh, they were popular suspense yeah. thrillers in their time. And I know that those were like definitely two movies that made him a were you know he was already a big household name, but that was definitely things that kept him high. I remember hearing I think it was right after Air Force One actually they talked about Harrison Ford has never been in a flop, and of course right after that it was almost like it cursed him like he was in several flops right after that. But um, yeah. that's interesting because uh, he did play the best Jack Ryan um, out of in those like because I think you had a uh, one of the Baldwin brothers, then you had Harrison Ford, and then you had Ben Affleck play that role. Wasn't, uh, isn't that who Kiefer Sutherland was in Twenty Four? I'm sorry, I'm, no, 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 I've no, never no, watched Twenty Four, uh, so Jack, I could have sworn that was Jack Ryan is the uh, that's right, Jack. I think uh, what's his name in. Uh, um, Ah, shit. I can't remember what his name is in the uh, in 24. I, I think it starts with Jack, too. Um, but, uh, Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer. Uh, Jack Bauer. Jack yeah. Bauer. Yeah. Sorry, so, I, uh, but, uh, confusing my thoughts. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, CIA espionage style, you know. Yeah. Uh, spy, spy gauge style movies, you know. Yeah, it works. Right. Um, <laughs> so, I, so, my. Okay, I'm going to. I'm going to. Though I'm gonna I'm gonna say this again in regards to to Alien because I think it, I think it it bodes well in Alien as it does in um, uh, Blade Runner. But if you take the sci-fi out of it, what you have is a really good horror film. And so, um, so I, you know, when you talk about overrated, I don't know if you're worried that it's that it's overrated because it's like it's trying to be sci-fi or if it's just the horror just aspect doesn't work. To me, to me it's just too slow. The the downtimes are too long in it. Um, it, it I, I think the, the story is interesting and it's got a lot of compelling parts and when you find out, I think Ash was the character's name, is an android and you know, that's, that's a huge, you know, mind fuck for the characters in that. And then finding out, you know, he was there to kind of help facilitate this alien for Waylon Yutani to be used as a weapon or whatever. He was basically trying to bring it back for the corporation. And that's all interesting. And it, it makes for a good movie. I just, it does not keep my attention. Um, yeah. slow for me it is you know yeah well that's that's where James Cameron I think probably did better is like he turned it from a horror film what was just supposed to be a creepy horror film into straight sci-fi action thriller which you know is interesting Uh, about that and I do like aliens and aliens is obviously an iconic movie everyone loves it there's really good things but while and this was years ago now I was showing it to my son I was just like this is a classic sci-fi guy movie everyone needs to see aliens and so I showed it to him and he did like it but for the first time and I never noticed this growing up when I watched aliens and I liked it but that almost kind of has the same problem if you actually like I didn't literally time it but sitting down to that movie it's probably 45 minutes close to an hour before any action happens in that movie. 
and there's a point there, there, you know, that can serve a movie well when you want to build something, you know, other than just an, when you want to make, you know, I'm going to make an action movie, but I want it to be a little smarter, you know, kind of stand the test of time a little more. And obviously aliens has done that, but yeah, it's like 45 minutes when they get to, when, you know, all the Marines get killed when they first go down into the reactor or whatever, where they're, where they find all the uh, transponder chips for uh, the colonists. So that, like yeah. their first encounter with the aliens, it's like 45, maybe even close to an hour before that part happens. So oh, trying sure. to show that movie to my son, who at the time was maybe 10 or 11, he had to sit through like 45 minutes of talking and, you know, world building. All these things are important, but it, it does take its time getting there. It pays off, definitely yeah. pays off, but... But that's, you know, that was, I mean, I, this is why I think movies have changed so much um, is, is due to our attention span. Like your son had to learn how to sit down and watch that film. We had to learn how to sit down and watch that film, and that right? Definitely is a, um, that definitely is a, a good point. But yeah, even action films in the 80s and 70s and stuff, you know. They didn't yeah, take that long to get to the action. Out right away. And it was really well, kind of uh, – in. and then I also I – I have to admit there wasn't really a better way to do it. Uh, okay. The story that movie was trying first. to tell, it really worked the way it did. Uh, but it, it's, it's more just an acknowledgement a comment than a complaint or criticism. Yeah, but but take the take the quintessential like action movie because because you said action movies always gonna add the like action 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 like Die Hard started out like it was twenty thirty minutes of like world building before you actually yeah. got to the, the, yeah, but, the whole but Aliens is like double right? that if not more. Uh, often we watch Aliens to figure it out so to see. Like, I can't imagine the movie's only two hours. I can't imagine the two hour, like an hour long. Pretty much all movie. the actions in the second half. When you, when you uh, actually sit down and other than that, like nightmare she has at the beginning where she thinks, you know, the aliens coming out of her um, and she's trying to tell the doctors to kill her. But at that, that, but that's just like a nightmare. That's like a quick jump scare kind of thing. Um, I almost like, I almost want to check out every James Cameron movie and see if it follows kind of similar beats and patterns. You know, like every James Cameron science, let's say science well, fiction movie. Like, I, I, you probably, uh, you probably won't find that much. Abyss, Abyss doesn't. I, I like the Abyss a lot. That's not one of my all time favorite movies, but it's kind of like the next tier down from favorites. Like in yeah. my high likes. I wouldn't really call the abyss an action movie. It definitely has like it's, you know, action moments, but it's not a, you know, it's not an action movie. Uh, but even then it has, I mean, it does kind of also have a slow build, but it, I, I don't think it's as slow as aliens Terminator two. Obviously the opening sequence has the war in the future. Um, sequence right at the beginning of the movie. But after that, probably from that to the first actual action sequence in the movie in the mall. I'm get, I'm thinking that's probably about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, True Lies has an action scene 10 minutes in the movie, maybe a little less. It has him like infiltrating the party at the mansion. And then when he's leaving, that's maybe about 10 minutes. And then his chase scene getting out of the party. Uh, and then... He did Titanic, so that doesn't count. And then he did Avatar, which we will never speak of again. 
Discussed Blade Runner. I mean, I guess we did a little bit, but because um, yeah, you, you absolutely adore that movie, so I, I think it's it's it is one of the most visually stunning films, um, especially given uh, the time frame that it was made. Um, and, and again, this is this is a really good example of studio involvement in a film ruining the initial cut, um, and it's got a long. So there's a reason why there's three cuts that exist. You know, there's there's a reason for it. Uh, you know, so uh, if you were to watch a single cut of, or if you were to watch any cut of Blade Runner, I would say that you watch the the uh, the final cut, which came out in 2007, um, I believe. That that to me is like Ridley Scott's. Like I've had the, like almost what Coppola did with uh, um, uh, recently did with the Godfather Three. Um, where you just basically is like, I have all the time in the world and it's, I can just redo what I want to do. So. Okay. Um, I, I guess I really do have to give it another shot. And it's the people who have like opinions to me, who share much the same interest in it, do like Blade Runner a lot. So maybe I just need to give it another shot. But who knows? Maybe it's just not my cup of tea. That could be it. Um, maybe. Maybe I mean if you watch it from if you watch it from a my my standpoint is you watch it outside of a science like science fiction is there that's the background of the story right like you can't you can't separate easily the sci-fi because it's it's, it's about a guy hunting androids right um, and and what they're after but if you if you watch it for what it's supposed to like he was trying to go for the film noir style and if you watch it from that and you put in some of that hard boiled you know detective style stuff in there Big uh, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, Sean Young is the femme fatale, yeah. right? Um, you have the evil, evil uh, corporation, you know, or something, or the, you know, something to that degree. Everything's dark, dreary. You have obviously the detective, and then you have the, the actual bad guys. Now, the difference between this femme, femme fatale is that she's not really leading him into danger. Uh, she, knowing what she is in the story itself. And dude, we can get into this. Uh, honestly, I'll, okay, I'll finish this and then, and then we'll have to move on because I can talk for hours. But it, but she's not like the typical femme fatale is leading the the uh, the protagonist into danger in some way, yeah. right? And she's not really leading him into danger in necessarily by his um, you know in, in a in a uh, physical sense, but she is leading him into danger in a moral sense. She's going against his his job is to to retire replicants, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's a replicant, and yet he's falling in love with her. Uh, so she's leading him through an amoral stance, um, you know, and, and, and going against that. Um, so I, and that, that I felt was like played off pretty beautifully. Um, so, all right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, we're talk. moving on. I just want to get this one out of the way because we, we I don't want to focus too much on this these types of films. But just moving on to your, you know, your popcorn action Marvel films, and you discuss this. Mm-hmm. Black Panther and Black yeah. Panther, not even so much the film itself, so much as the response to it. And yes. they had to win, like they wanted it to win Best Picture. Yeah, and it, <laughs> even among like Marvel movies, it's you know not that great. But the the I think the thing is, and I told you, I put I actually put Captain Marvel a notch or two above Black Panther, and that's not saying a lot. Is being better or overrated? It's being better. 
Um, and and okay. that's not saying a lot. Captain Marvel ahead of Black by, Panther. By and I'll admit, probably part of the reason I do that is because Captain Marvel got a lot of hate. You know, it, it kind of, you know, it got the like people like ripping it to shreds when it came out. Everyone just fawned over Black Panther. Um, yeah. And there was. I, I went like to me, Black Panther's totally on that list. Um, I think the acting was was great. You know, Chadwick Boseman was a great actor, really was right. And he and I don't think anybody else could have played that part, uh, honestly. Um, that kind of stoic hero, because Black Panther's much more stoic than a lot of the Marvel superheroes. And yeah. even in Civil War, where he's seeking revenge, he's still very stoic about it. Uh, Yep. Yep. And um, and so then you've got uh, uh, Andy's Andrew Circus, Andrew Andrew Circus as uh, as Claw. Um, I, I was really that was what made me mad about that movie is that they killed him. They should never like that was a, a Marvel character that should have stayed alive as long as possible. And I get that they were trying to bring in Michael Jordan's character, Michael B. Jordan's character, um, you know, as the big bad. But even that, like, I thought. I loved Michael B. Jordan in uh, in the Creed movies. He is like that was those were excellent, um, and he did an excellent job in those films. But his character in this was just so overdone and overplayed. It was overdone, but you know, because you know Andy Serkis's character was basically his henchman. And mm-hmm. I found it interesting, like they they didn't want the villain to have a henchman. Like they got rid of the henchman as fast as possible. Um, yeah, which they don't do normally. You know, the the villain that's supposed to be like the second biggest fight for the hero before the final fight. Um, yeah, and, and that's what's weird it, about Claw. Is Claw's never like Claw is not a henchman. He's a mastermind, and so all of a sudden to make him this this henchman. Um, and not set him up for further Marvel films was kind of upsetting. Well, the other side is he was like the only character in that movie that had any life. Like he was like <laughs> the only person having any fun with the movie at all. Um, yeah. So yeah, well, you know, all of a sudden you know he just, back, he just gets betrayed and killed. Yeah, but yeah. So definitely, it just and I think a lot of it just has to do with not Black Panther should have been rated exactly as it is. And it, I, it has more to do, not the film itself, but just everyone pretending to like the movie more than they actually did. Yeah. I, I, that's not on the list, but I, I just wanted to get that one out of the way. Cause I don't really want to talk about movies like that. Um, for this. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, for me, like the reason black Panther fall, like I felt like it was that checkbox movie. Like it has to check box all of these different elements. Yeah. Um, you know, Diversity, blah, blah blah, and all the way down the list, and and it was never really about the actual quality of the film. It was just about check the box, and then everybody was excited because it was Marvel. Um, so, you know, um, it was a fun movie to watch, but it wasn't like Oscar worthy. Um, so I'll, I'll give that. No. Up. So, well, how about some movies on your list? We haven't talked about your list yet. <laughs> well, we just talked about Black Panther. I put, I definitely put Black Panther on there. Um, I might get hate for this one, uh, but Reservoir Dogs is actually one of my. I love Quentin Tarantino, and I think Quentin Tarantino is the last great auteur in Hollywood. I really do, and that's that's not because I, I love other a lot of the other artists out there, but but Quentin Tarantino uh, has. 
time and time again attempted to push the boundaries of what he's done in film. Uh, and I was excited when they said that Star Trek, like he was going to do a Star Trek movie. I was like, hell yeah, that's him pushing that boundary even further. Um, to like, this is his comfort to going outside of that. Um, to see what he did. But like when it came to uh, uh, Reservoir Dogs, like it was a, it was the the junior, it was his first offering, right? That was what we got out of Quentin Tarantino, and it, and it gave him his career, and that's great. But it to me is the like the one film I could say that like I've seen it. I think that it's got too much love. I think people put too much emphasis on on that being a great film. When if you look at his other works. Uh, Others stand out much, much more besides Reservoir Dogs. Um, you know, uh, and maybe it's just a sign of what the culture was at the time when we were growing up. I don't know. Um, but I just look at Reservoir Dogs as being just a very weak, weak film. I, I so. do like Reservoir Dogs. I don't love it. Um, I, I can I can definitely see your point about it. I think my favorite thing about that movie is that it could be done as a play. Almost, yeah, almost like, without changing anything. Like to me, that yeah, is the sets or something. Yeah, because about the only scenes that would be hard to do on in a play would be like the scene with Steve Buscemi running from the crime scene down the street, and the part where Mister Orange gets shot by the woman in the car. Like those are about the only things that would actually be hard to do on a stage setting. I just, it's not so much the film itself. I just like the idea that to me, it's a play done as a film um that at least that's how i see it yeah i can see that i can see that um again it's i don't i think i do have it but it's not you know man i haven't watched reservoir dogs in a while i'm gonna sit down and watch that it's just yeah i can see that it's just not that for me um yeah and that's kind of how I feel. Like, there's no, like, as far as I'm concerned, there's no reason to watch Reservoir Dogs over and over and over again. Like, but some people, that's one of their favorite films. Um, I think it gets way too much love, honestly. So, uh, Lost in Translation uh, is, is up there for me. Uh, it is, I love Bill Murray. I think that Scarlett Johansson is an okay actress. Uh, but that movie was one of the slowest dragged out films I have ever sat through. And at the end of the day, I still don't really understand it or really care to understand it. Like it, it just, it's, uh, I, that's a movie I've never seen. So, uh, I mean, I knew about it. I know basically what the plot is. Uh, I, I think it's funny you liked that movie when it came out. No, Maybe we should discuss, I, I, but. No, I've I've always felt this way about it, and I think I feel like the only reason now it's Sofia Coppola that made the movie, um, and I think the only reason that that it got as much play as it did is because of Bill Murray. Um, that's that's the only thing in my mind that makes it. Now, this was Bill Murray's first or one of his first like starring roles where he was uh, the muted before where he wasn't comedic, right? Um, Outside of uh, what was the movie in the eighties that he made to get Ghostbusters made? Um, shit, I can't remember that movie. Anyways, this is this is him like coming back to like being wanting to be a dramatic actor, wanting to be you know get, shed that comedic side of his. And it just, I don't think honestly, like watching this movie, the the I think once or twice I've seen it twice if I if I remember right. Like it just felt like. 
um, the only reason this movie got as much press as it did is because it's Bill Murray. Hmm. You know, and, and everybody was like, everything Bill Murray does is gold. Well, not this, unfortunately. I love Bill Murray, but not this. <laughs> um, uh, bouncing back to me, I guess, real fast, and I'll get the yeah. going. Um, and I think there's also a larger part to this. And I just, uh, and actually, I have found I'm not as alone in this opinion as I might have thought in the past. The Godfathers can't get into them. Uh, it just, I can't get into the Godfather movies. They, they and it, I think a larger part of this, I'm not really like the organized crime style movie fan. I'm, I mean, I'm sure I could think of one I do like. I well, I did like Carlito's Way. Not you know, like man, I freaking love Carlito's Way. But I thought Carlito's Way was okay. Um, but yeah, just kind of your those organized crime style movies. Not really a fan. Um, and I have tried to watch The Godfather several times, and I just always end up turning it off. Um, can't get into it. Just can't. That's, that's, I'll, I'll give you part three. Part three was, but that's why Coppola tried to redo it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that one's up for debate. Um, I don't think, again, they're not the masterpieces that people make them out to be. Um, I wouldn't say overrated, though, honestly. Um, I'd say that they're great films, but that's just me. That's just me. Um, what else you got, man? What else you got? Well, just kind of along those lines, like I was saying, I'm not, I'm not a huge like crime movie guy fan. Um, I, I don't see what's so amazing about Scarface. Wow. I don't, I think, I think Scarface is overrated. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know why Scarface was ever all that popular. I, it, and it's tremendously popular, and to me, it was like, okay, I've seen it. Do I ever need to watch it again? Nope. Scarface is not that great yeah, of a movie. I mean, I've never. Sorry, I've never. Sorry. I don't think I've ever owned it. I think I rented it when, like, you know, when I was young, watched it, and been like, okay, cool. It's like one of those movies that you just feel like you have to watch before you die. Kind of, and you know, that was another thing. Again, this was back when people bought yeah. DVDs. And I'd always heard about Scarface because it's a freaking legendary movie. And I found it, and I bought it, and I watched it. And it's probably, I think it is still on my shelf. And it's never been watched twice. Um, I got a lot of movies like that. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe it's just movie over- overload. Who knows? No, I just don't care for Scarface. I don't. Sorry. Right. I'm going to go with one. I know you're going to agree with it. Um, but again, I, I know that you and I have, uh, like, you and I have the similar feeling of this movie anyways. Um, but I, I feel like this, this movie to me is, is, is just a sign of just the time that we were in and all that stuff. And I, I still think, though, that it's, it's a little too crazy. Twilight. I think Twilight is an overplayed movie. Uh, it is. It does not yes. deserve the praise that it was ever given. I will say yes, you are correct. However, I will also say that its praise was very short-lived. Like it cast a spell over everyone, but it didn't take long for people to realize it was gone. Well, I was just saying I will slightly disagree with you, not on your point because I think your point is right. But I will say those movies are not overrated. They were overrated at the time. It, it took. It did not take very long 
for people to kind of realize they didn't like those movies after all. Do you think if so? That, if that I makes mean, any sense. I, mean, I don't think anybody like cares Star about Wars movies, right? I don't think anybody cares about the Twilight movies anymore. And even the people who adored them. And it's funny because at the time when they were really popular, I was living in Washington and I actually went to Forks and I almost feel bad for the people of Forks because, man, they were holding on to the love of Twilight for everything it was worth. And I can't fault them for it because Forks is in the corner of the country. It's not on the way to anything. There is no reason to go to Forks. So. They milk that for all it's worth, and I can't blame them because that was the only thing that town had going for it. So, you know, we went to dinner in a Chinese restaurant there, and they had cardboard cutouts of all the Twilight characters there. And I was just, you know what? I don't care. Go for it because this town, that this this film and book series has gotten you a bunch of attention, and I can't blame you for capitalizing on it. So. <laughs> just so, but I will say, at the time, you would be right; they were very overrated. But I didn't. I think society at large moved on from Twilight really fast. Um. So, in in that small sense, I will disagree with you. Okay. But I, I I absolutely agree with your point. Yeah, I think at the t- uh, all right. I'll, I'll give a new one then. Um, Titanic. I worked oh, yeah. oh, at a movie. Yes, I, I yes. still gets love to this day. Titanic still gets love to this day. I worked yes, at a movie theater. Movie. My very first day working in a movie theater was the day that Titanic came out. That you movie poor played for like almost six months to a year in the in the damn theater. Like it was the worst experience I've ever had. And I just remember just sold out shows every day. And it was titty bopper girls. It was like little twelve year old, thirteen year old girls showing up to see Leonardo DiCaprio. And I felt so bad because I had a one view of Leonardo DiCaprio based upon that movie. And then now, like, as I've grown up, I have a different view of him based upon Departed and, and, uh, uh, you know, Django Unchained and, and all of these other great films that he's been in, um, where he's not playing that stupid ass character, you know, <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I I just like the the fan theory about him being a time traveler just because it adds spice. You know what? Screw what it, I'm this? going with it. Oh yeah, there's a fan there's a fan theory that uh, he's a he's a time traveler. It, I, I don't I don't remember the, the 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 particulars of it right off the top of my head, but that is a fan theory. Wait, wait, that he literally is a time traveler, or the movie he's a time traveler. That his character is a time traveler that came. I think it. I, I like I said. I don't remember the particulars, but that he came back because it was it was crucial that Rose survived the, the Titanic sinking. So for whatever reason in the future, really and so society, people who come up with weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, but you know what? Just it adds just enough spice. I'm going with it. Fuck right. it. He, he's a time traveler. Uh, Uh, I'll give you one more. Uh, I absolutely agree with you. Titanic is a very overrated movie. It's like, what the fuck, people? Get over it. He died. Deal with it. Um, People got to... Well, that could have been a very... Because that's a very famous, very tragic event in human history. That could have been a very well-done movie about a very serious thing. And it just shoehorned in this 
ham-fisted love story. And that's really where – because I like Abyss and I like Aliens and I like True Lies. But I still find myself saying James Cameron should be a cinematographer, not a director. (laughs) (laughs) Or just the money man, the producer, right? Because at the end of the day, he understands how to – like he understands the the pieces that make a great film. This this is the same argument that I make about George Lucas. He does? George Lucas. Are you sure about that? Aliens. Terminator, Terminator, like he's he understands the like okay, leave Avatar the fuck out of it, right? Like at the end of the day, he still understands pieces that make a good film. Abyss, right? Like he's these are good films. These aren't just like Titanic came out in ninety seven. True Lies came out in ninety four. What happened in that interim? I want to (laughs) know. He he got too big. Honestly, I think honestly, I think Titanic. I, I, I think Titanic was his like that was his masterpiece, and after that, and now he plays with things like he tries to play with technology, right? I think Avatar was his excuse to play with the technology today. I want to make a three D film, and I want to make it look the best. And don't get like Avatar is overrated. We both agree on that. It is it is one of the most overrated films of all time. But at the also end of the day, that's like, a movie that people, I don't care. I don't care that this is, there's a sequel coming out. Avatar has been forgotten. Yeah, people don't give a shit about Avatar <laughs> because pretty well, effects do not hold up. They they give enough shit that Disney has a ride. <laughs> so so yeah, there's because enough of a shit that Disney has because made because a ride. Because people, people remember like the stunning visuals, and so they'll go ride the ride. They don't give a shit about the movie. No, like it, it's it's just another eco. Like that is a great example of of. Uh, him trying to it was Fern Gully part two, right? He was trying to drive the whole ecosystem. Because because I never saw Fern Gully, I always thought it was Dances with Wolves in space. Not Fern Gully. I'll go with Dances with Wolves, but the problem is like Dances with Wolves wasn't about like saving the ecosystem where this no, but it, was, it was about, you know, like the the US Army soldier switching sides and joining the native tribe and um, stuff like that. Uh a couple months back, or maybe even a month back, maybe not even that long, there was some crazy idiot, like upper Gen Z, tail end of millennial socialist talking about how profound Avatar was. Oh, shit. And he was like, he was like, he posted some comment like, go go back and watch that movie again. And the message, your child brain didn't understand it. And like, okay, so yeah you were probably eight years old when you saw that movie and you're like 21 now or whatever. And you know, you're, you're, you're spouting this bull crap. When I was a grown ass adult, when I saw that movie and the freaking retarded ass message in avatar is about as subtle. I said at the time as a Vegas casino, like there is nothing subtle about that ham fisted message in that stupid ass movie. You know, so if, if, if you are saying your child brain didn't get it, you're just announcing to the world that you're a retard. Like, <laughs> or that your child brain didn't get it. It just didn't I mean, sink in. But we've had how many I, of that shit, man? Like, come on, how many movies have you seen? I mean, back if, like, I mean if that is how you view Avatar, what would freaking Videodrome do to your brain? Like, <laughs> that. <laughs> Naked lunch. Naked lunch. Yeah, naked lunch. Is, yeah. By the way, Videodrome is a kick-ass movie. Uh, I, I actually I, have never seen that. I I had not seen it for a long, long time, and I finally watched it. 
that's a kick-ass movie. And maybe just because James Woods kicks ass, but I like Videodrome. It's a good movie. Anyway, but it's just Videodrome has a very complex, layered, peeled back, like, you know, the movie starts and you think it's about one thing and it changes over time and, like, you change your opinion about what that movie is actually about like four or five times over the course of the movie. So if you think Avatar is fucking profound, I can't imagine what Videodrome would do to your brain. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to probably have to watch this movie. Uh, Videodrome's a good movie. Videodrome's a good movie. All right. uh, good to know. That's, pretty demented, but it's David Cronenberg, so what do you expect? Yeah, well, uh, that's what you said Videodrome. I was like, Naked Lunch. I mean, Cronenberg <laughs> is Cronenberg at the end of the day. This is, he's, very, <laughs> like, he's, like, he's like the other yeah. side of Lynch, right? Well, but, but at least tends to try to make a little bit more sense than Lynch. Yeah. So. If, if I thought longer and harder about it, I could probably come up with some more movies, but just to get out of the way, because it's a movie freaking people love, and I don't understand, and I'll probably get to hate for it. Braveheart. Uh, I have never been able to sit down and make it through Braveheart. That's bad. Uh, because it, it was really like Mel Gibson being the best at his game. Both as a star and a director. Yeah. Sure. I And I like Mel Gibson. But I love I love Payback and I love Get the Gringo, which I consider two very similar movies, but I love them both. Um, what about Lethal I, I, can, I cannot get through... Braveheart, I just, it, I just, I lose interest. You're going to talk about two Mel Gibson movies and not even bring up Lethal Weapon. I've never seen any of the Lethal Weapons all the way through. Fuck, dude, really? Never have. No, I've seen. We always sit here talk about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Lethal Weapon was a Christmas movie. Uh, I'm not going to go there because I haven't seen any of the lethal weapons all the way through. I, it takes place during Christmas. Hence, it's a Christmas movie. That's that's the way I'm putting it. I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, it's too bad. It's, it's I do I do know enough about Lethal Weapon to understand the cameo and the little joke in uh, Maverick, which is a very forgotten mid '90s movie. Came out in '94. I love Maverick. I think that's Maverick great is great. Um, but. How he's in the bank and Danny Glover cameos as the bank robber, yep. and they both stop and they look at each other like with recognition, and they're like, "Nah, yep. great joke." And I know enough about Lethal Weapon to get that joke, but I've never seen the movies. <laughs> That's too bad. That is too bad. Uh, all right, I'm going to give you one, and and this one will probably get me some hate too. But Elf, I think Elf is is a little overrated for for what it is. Like at the end of the day. The movie doesn't really do a good job of even explaining what the hell's happening. Uh, all of a sudden, Santa Claus is landed in Central Park. All of a sudden, people are like trying to save Santa Claus, and this entire time, like you have this story between uh, Will Ferrell and James Caan trying to build and be this like uh, father son story that really didn't like they they didn't even build anything. All of a sudden, they were just all, all of a sudden uh, James Caan recognized. Uh, Will Ferrell as his son, and I was, the entire time I'm just thinking this movie just moved way too fast. Like, it's got some great like throwaway lines and funny areas, but at the end of the day, it just it's not that great of a film. Uh, I've never seen it because one, I'm not a fan of Christmas movies, and two, Will Ferrell was overrated. Um, Shut the fuck up! Not all movies with Will Ferrell overrated. I I don't. Uh, 
uh, I like old school. Now, here's let me say real fast. I, I I'm a guy, and I'm a guy's guy. I don't really like dumb comedies. Uh, there's a couple on there, and I do like old school. That's one of the ones I like. I like Dodgeball. Uh, I've never seen any of the Hangovers because I don't care. Um, I won't go into names and stuff like that, but all of our old friends from when we were growing up, like really the last time I went home and I saw all of them, we all hung out and they're like, oh, we got to watch this movie, Hot Tub Time Machine. That's that's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but that's the only movie I can really think of off the top of my head. I want those 90 minutes of my life back. Um <laughs> I didn't think it was so, that bad. I've Yeah, not really a fan of, of uh, Will Ferrell. I, probably my favorite part of his was his, as the villain in Zoolander, and I've only seen Zoolander the one time, and I remember finding it funny, but I've never gone out of my way to see it again. Uh, Everything Must Go was a great film, and uh, what was the, uh, this is Will Ferrell not playing stupid Will Ferrell, this is Will Ferrell being serious and, and everything, and uh, Stranger Than Fiction. Uh, that's, that's an interesting concept, because like I like Punch Drunk Love, it was interesting to see Adam Sandler do that. Didn't he do it again recently? He did a Uncut serious Gems. movie? Uncut Gems, which yeah, is- I haven't seen it, uh, but I remember hearing like really good things about it. And I had been kind of wondering, I wonder what Will Ferrell would do with a serious role. Yes, yeah, um, I would watch Stranger Than Fiction first, because it might give you a better idea on like him being like, an actual actor, like him doing something. Uh, and that's, that's okay. actually good. Um, and then uh, uh, I think it's on Netflix. Uh, shout out to Netflix. Uh, uh, Stranger Than Fiction, but you don't have Netflix anymore because of the cuties issue. Well, I, I canceled my Netflix, so... Um, yeah. So, and then uh, uh, Everything Must Go is... I don't think it's as great as uh, Stranger Than Fiction, but it is a great... Like, to me, it's it's still a good film. Like, it's it's a really good film, and it's, it's him... It's, it, I think you'll connect with it now just because of the, the subject matter more than anything. Um, but uh, it is... To me, it's a, it's a good film. So, I'll just throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell is yeah. not shit. He's done good stuff, but I agree with you that Will Ferrell... Being this zany, crazy, kooky character is overplayed. Excellent. I never saw Elf, never had any interest in seeing Elf, and I I just feel like I would cringe through the whole thing. Uh, (laughs) Probably would. Yeah, you probably would. Uh, All right. I'm going to get this one out of the way just because I know know that this one is – if you're a film school student or whatever, and this, this is sad because he's one of my favorite directors as well, um, but this is a good example of like director and actor kind of situation. Um, but I'll get this one out of the way. I think I think um, Citizen Kane is like way given way too much credit for for what the movie is. It's it's a good movie. Uh, it is a a great like sophomore outing for Orson Welles. Um, you know, it was a good starring vehicle for him, but I, to give it the credit that it has received, um, just no, like it's 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 not that great of a film. So, okay, never I, I've never seen Citizen Kane, so yeah. I've heard that before, though that it's uh, somebody we used to know. She said I I it was a snoozer. Um, yeah, I mean it's boring. 
Right, because it's 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 essentially the story of William Randolph Hearst just told through a different person, right? Like, um, but it's it's like. Uh, did you watch Mank? No, you didn't watch Mank because it's on Netflix. No, um, and I just I don't know. Like, there, there's a, actually a good movie. Uh, RKO. It's got Liv Schreiber. Uh, RKO seven two eighty one. RKO two eighty one. Uh, which is with Liv Schreiber uh, and Malcolm uh, Malcolm John Malkovich. There we go. Uh, and it is the story. It, it, to me, it's a better story of like like everything that it took to get Citizen Kane made um, than Mank was. But uh, um, it, I think it does a good job of trying to like kind of highlight you know, some of the absurdity that, that went on during that making, making that film. And, and I will give it to Orson Welles during like everything that I've heard about that film, giving it to him, uh, like to, to do a lot of the things that he did and, and the ways that he led the cast and, and all that stuff. But I don't know, like you watch it and, um, it's, it's, it's not even just that it's a snoozer. I just think that it's, it's just, it gets too much credit. It's not, it's not groundbreaking. Oh. I'll put it that way. It was there was nothing groundbreaking for it. Oh, I want I want to bring up one, and I I, I want to talk about this as little as possible, other than really bitch it out. Um, and it's going to the complete opposite end of the spectrum, like I said. But I have daughters, so I've seen it, and I've seen it more than I want to. Freaking Frozen. <laughs> I will give you that. Even from yes. like. Your Disney CGI movie, Pixar movie, and for a movie tailored mostly towards little girls, Tangled is a way better movie, way more entertaining movie than Frozen is. Um, and yes, I'm not expecting Oscar-worthy performances or creation from a Disney Pixar film, but even by those relatively low standards, Frozen is incredibly generic, extremely generic, and poorly explained. And I th- right from the very beginning of the movie, it just sets me off because that is like some of the worst well-intentioned parenting I have ever witnessed in a fictional setting. Like, and it, just to me, like what we talked about before, like that weird immersion breaking, like there's, I can't really explain how or why or what something breaks immersion and when something doesn't. But I just get hung up on that. Like that, the, the parenting in that movie was so freaking retarded. Like, so they had the mishap at the very beginning of the movie where, you know, you know, Elsa has her, her magic ice snow powers and, Growing up as a little girl, she used to play games with her sister Anna, and then she accidentally hits Anna in the forehead with the magic powers, and they have to take her to get her healed by the weird trolls, because somehow the rock trolls have the answer to that. You don't know why. But then after that, for whatever reason, the parents decide that the sisters should never interact with each other ever again, and then not even explain to them why. Like, they just... Anna is not allowed to see her sister and she has no freaking clue why. And and I don't get it. Like, what the fuck? So, yeah, I just have to say Frozen sucks. Oh, yes. I'll give you that. Yes. 
it was uh, it sucks it's a shit <laughs> movie <laughs> but what do you expect okay. like the Frozen last great overrated as all hell I, I, the last great what we would call Disney classic and what I mean Disney classic is hand drawn animation right because Frozen was hand, was, was hand drawn and so was it was Frozen hand drawn or was it computer check I don't even know anymore CGI Pixar Pixar whatever like. fuck damn it um all right, to me, one of the last great Disney films, because it's not fair, because I thought Wreck-It Ralph was kind of fun. I don't think it was great. Uh, but the last yeah. great Disney film, in my my opinion, um, was uh, 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 Lion King. Honestly, like li- I feel like after Lion King, it just went downhill. I, I could see that because, you know, Pocahontas, who really cares? Yeah. Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, who really cares? Yep. I, I like Hercules all right. Uh, no, who really cares? Hercules, shit. It didn't, like, it. none of those after Lion King had that legendary, you know, everyone knows and loves these movies status. Yep. None of them ever recaptured that after Lion King. Like, so could I, you I, see I them doing a Hercules the musical or a, a Tarzan the musical or, like, you can't, like, I could never see that. You know, I could see it. I, or, no, I mean, I know, I, I, I know what you mean. And that's yeah. what I meant to say. Like, um, it was. It's funny because in the heyday, like the the the, the movie, the, the 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 Disney things that are coming out as like these these Broadway shows or the, they're redoing are the ones that we grew up with that we loved. You know, um, to Lion King and, and, and ruining them. Yeah, ruining them. I mean, I, the high rated. I, I was really sad. That was another overrated film. Fuck that. The new Lion King is overrated, in my opinion. Um, I, I I thought people didn't like it. I thought I, I thought it got, I thought, I thought all the live actions, like Beauty and the Beast, live action did okay. But after that, I thought they were all kind of bombs. Jungle Book. Jungle Book came before that, and Jungle Book was was actually really good. Um, I really enjoyed the Jungle Book uh, one. I, I didn't care. I that was the that and Beauty and the Beast because I took my daughters to see the Beauty and the Beast one, uh-huh. and. And Lion, or sorry, not Lion King. Jungle Book was the last one I saw. I didn't see the Aladdin live action remake, and I didn't see the Lion King live action remake. Yeah, my understanding is people didn't like them. Well, um, so Aladdin definitely uh, because uh, and Aladdin again is is just it came down to diversity. Like at the end of the day, they had to check off boxes for diversity hire. Right? They couldn't just be like, all right. And so because they didn't have anybody else to play. Specific, or they didn't have big names to play these roles. They were like, "Okay, we're going to make Will Smith the genie," and it's just Will Smith being the Fresh Prince. Like it wasn't like a great like. And again, how do you step into somebody, somebody like Robin Williams? Yeah, you know uh, he he made Aladdin. As far as I'm concerned, Robin Williams was the reason why Aladdin was successful. Because it wasn't, yeah. we walked away and been like, the story of Aladdin was great. No, we walked away being like, the genie. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the there's no question he made, he made Aladdin. Yeah. No question. Um, and so it's just, I, I can't fault Will Smith for that. It just, it was a pat, it was just bad. You know? So. Um, shit, man. Will Smith, uh, what other Will Smith? Independence Day. <laughs> Uh, I, I'll say that because <clears throat> Independence Day I mean people still know about it and they've seen it but that is another movie I, I don't know if you could call it overrated because it's just been forgotten um, I think you know, the second it, movie made it forgotten hmm? <laughs> I think the second movie is what made it forgotten 
Well, even before then, I, I think not that the second Independence Day was a good movie by any stretch, but I think one of the things that hurt in the second Independence Day was because people didn't care about the first one anymore. Yeah. It was it was not a movie to re- like. It was it had a major pop culture impact in its time that basically it was already fading by the time Men in Black came out. Men in Black had more of a lasting like impression on people than Independence Day did. Yeah. Um, I, I still think to this day people enjoy Men in Black. Although the first Men in Black to me is the only one that's really neat. I never, I never saw the third one and I definitely didn't see whatever that fucking international fucking piece of shit was. But um, I don't really, I don't like the second Men in Black. Um, yeah. I, the and it was because it was a comedy and it had obviously because it was about aliens and weird technology it wasn't necessarily say a grounded like in reality type movie but that's still that part in the second one where the villain uh, Lara Flynn Boyle's character I don't remember what her alien villain character name is, but she, when she's infiltrated the men in black uh, headquarters yeah and Rip Torn like jumps into the air and bicycle kicks her for like 20 seconds I'm like <laughs> that has no place in that kind of movie that's the kind of shit that you get in a Leslie Nielsen movie yeah I agree with that a flapstick part that had, it just didn't fit um, uh, and, uh, and the rest of the movie went down like that combined with everything else in the movie I didn't like the second Men in Black didn't no, well, and it was just a vehicle. It was just a, a, a like, let's make more money off of this vehicle. Yeah, it was a cash grab. Definitely yeah. a cash grab. What's what's another? What's another? Like, well, Independence Day, and how, I think because you were saying Independence Day is overrated. Yeah. And again, it, at the time, perhaps, but what I think of overrated movies, I think movies that people still, still like. Yeah, where they kind of have a lasting popularity, and I don't see why. I think that's what I more mean by overrated movies. But the, I, like, I think Independence Day has had a lasting popularity. Like they wouldn't have made a, a sequel 20 years later if it didn't have a lasting popularity. Like I look at movies that have like some sort of weird cult classic to them, like cult stuff. And I realize we're only like two people, but when was the last time you watched in the, the first Independence Day? Really? It was actually when the, when the second one was coming out. Like I decided to give it a shot. Yeah, like just a. Okay, so the second one's coming out. I was like, huh, I'll pop the first one in again, which I didn't do, but I just. Barring, I probably hadn't watched that movie in the 2000s. It's probably been since before 2000 I last watched Independence Day. Wow. Uh, uh, Because it was like, at the time, I was like, ooh, this really cool movie with all these special effects and snappy one-liners and watching all these famous landmarks get blown up. But, you know, it's it's a popcorn movie. It fades really fast. Um, And there's a time and a place for those types of movies, sure. But, uh, yeah, I didn't care. Just didn't care. Yeah. so yeah, I, I think it's kind of like with Twilight, where it's like cotton candy, and people just kind of get sick of it. Like all of a sudden, like its popularity is just gone one day. Um, it's hard for me to call those types of movies overrated because because they don't last. Uh, all right, would you put Top Gun in this category? Is overrated. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I mean, it's I, got, I mean, 
Colts. And personally, because I do like Top Gun, I, I enjoy Top Gun. It's a fun movie, but I don't take it seriously. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, I, I will throw one out there because this is just a personal hatred of mine, and I, I think it follows. It's followed me around for a very, very long time, and I just hate the damn movie. Grease. Because <laughs> um, I'm not a huge... I, I'm or not a huge, but I'm not a very... I wouldn't consider myself a very good judge of chick flicks. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how I would claim that. Um, well, see, like, I don't... Is Grease really a chick it's flick? It's not one I care about to begin with, but... Is Grease really a chick flick? It's got musicals in it. it. A musical does not make a chick flick. uh, There's like all musicals are chick flicks. The only exception is the producers. No, fuck that. And anything by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Have you seen, uh, what was it, Repo the Genetic Opera? That's not a chick flick. Do you have to ask that question? That's not a chick flick. Oh, and because that movie is in, you know, that to me is an overrated movie just because it's a cult classic, even though no one actually likes it. Everyone just kind of makes fun of it. That's why it's a cult classic. And because you can make fun of it. Yeah, and that's the reason why it's a whole cult classic and there's this whole like, community to it. And people just watch it, not for the movie itself, but to do all this weird shit with it. No, fuck that. Rocky Horror Picture Show sucks. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was one of those that got into Rocky Horror Picture it, Show back in the day, but I, I'm with you on that. that. Like, I, as time has gone that on. That movie waits on me. That movie just makes me want to blow my fucking brains out. Um, <laughs> that is what, I, as time has gone on, I, I've, I've gotten to that point with it, honestly. Like, I've, I've gotten to yeah. where I was like, no. I don't, I don't care about this community of people just wanting to run around and have fun with the movie. Fuck that. Rocky Horror Picture Show blows. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, Tim Curry. Uh, you, you went on to do much better stuff. Oh, yeah. You're a good guy. Well, Curry, not but lately, though. Like, his, his, if, if, if well, fortunately, it's like his star is like definitely. He's old. And maybe he just doesn't want to do things. Just I'm pretty sure old. if Tim like, Curry wanted to do something. If you want to, it does. No, it doesn't. Just because you're old yeah, does not mean you stop making great movies. Unless you're like, you know what? I'm done with this. I, I want to do other things <laughs> in my life. Tim Curry's probably out there doing whatever the fuck he wants to do with his life and more power to him. I, uh, well, okay. I, Robert De Niro, great example. Like he, he was a great actor. And now you look at him and you're like, what the fuck has he done lately That's that's been worthy of being Robert De Niro? I know. Well, I know there's a lot of mixed feelings on it. Again, because me not being a particular crime movie fan, I didn't see it. But I know a lot of people say that about The Irishman. Like that was, you know, kind of classic De Niro. Yes. Um, I, like that. Again, I, that was, I didn't. See I, it. I get that because it was Martin Scorsese. Pardon me. It was Martin Scorsese. Yeah. It had nothing to do with De Niro. Like he could have put anybody in that role, but it was just that it was Scorsese. Honestly. Okay, like you said again, didn't see it. Not a crime movie fan, so I'll take your word for it. You saw, okay, uh, I'll give you. I'll give you one that I think is overrated, and I don't really. I, you're probably going to argue with me on this, Joker, because that movie could have been about anything. They just wanted to cash in on 
I, the Joker. I really liked that movie, and I loved what they did with it, but I know exactly what you mean. Like, they, they were taking... It was like somebody took this movie, about, a serious movie about a man with mental illness, and just shoehorned the Joker in to capitalize on superhero pop culture popularity. Exactly. I'll... I'll give you, even though I like Joker a lot, I will give you that. That, that. that was like, let's redo the taxi driver, but put it in a comic book story. It was a text, I thought it was the other, that Robert De Niro movie from 82 that, um, that it's basically almost the same plot. Um, was it called The Comedian or something like that? I'm, I'm trying to remember. The but King of Comedy. A comedy, that's, that's what it is. That, I don't, that's uh, him taking a uh, 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 he kidnaps uh, a comedian, so it's 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 of the same where he wants to be like they could they could take that, yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by all means, you could still take some of that plot, but I think it was more taxi driver, like a guy who's got weird issues. Um, becoming a hero, like thinking that he's becoming a hero and really he's just becoming, you know, a villain. Um, King of Comedy is like, he just, he just, he wants to be a comedian so bad, but he ends up, uh, Jerry Lewis, uh, uh, he ends up taking Jerry Lewis um, hostage. So. Okay. I mean, I guess you could interchange him and get the Joker. Um, but yeah. It's like, it's a this is Die Hard is the same and don't like I love the Die Hard movies uh, but you could definitely take that character you could do anything you want it, Die Hard 2 did not need to be Die Hard 2 like it didn't even need to be a John McClane movie they could have just put any character in that movie and it would have just been your random popcorn flick so I really like the Die Hards too, but it they are kind of a, it, it, it was really just like a unique mix that just worked really well. But I definitely do think the Die Hards got way more popular than anyone ever expected them to be. Um, oh yeah, and you know more power to them. I, I love the Die Hards, but it, I don't think anybody ever expected those movies to be what they became, and they definitely ended up wearing that mat out. I know a lot of people don't like the fourth one. I do like the fourth one, not as, on the same level as the first yeah. three. Um, but I, I, I don't think I'll ever watch the fifth one again. I, okay, nope. Nope. Shouldn't have been made. Wait, there was Die Hard 5. Uh, yeah. Uh, good day to Die Hard. You didn't see that one? I missed this. Oh, lucky you. Um, yeah, there was a fifth one. When did I fucking miss this one? I, I don't know what to tell you. I but missed this one. They, maybe I'm happy to miss this yeah. one. It sucked. Again, probably another great example of do you need to put John, but like this could have just been uh, any other Bruce Willis action movie just added John McClane in it just to cash in on the Die Hard franchise. Sure, I could see that. PG-13 or is it rated R? What the hell? They went back to the R rating for it. This one's uh, about his son, and it's in Russia. Um, 
He's I, he's going to Russia because his son was arrested and he's getting ready to stand trial in Russia for whatever crime. And I think he's trying to get him back to the, the U.S. And what he doesn't know is that his son actually joined, I want to say the CIA, and he actually got busted in Russia on the job. Like, he thinks his son became a screw-up and got arrested doing some petty crime when he's actually doing, like, spy stuff. He's actually a CIA agent in Russia. Oh, and a bunch, of, a bunch of bad guys come to kill him while he's going there trying to pick him up. And so John McClane, John McClane's it up. Um, huh. I completely missed this movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't even hear about it. Like I could see, I could understand you not seeing it. I'm surprised you didn't even know what happened. No, I didn't, it, like, it came and went. Huh? Complete, like complete news to me. I had no clue. You didn't miss much. Like it's, it, it sucked. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously if it just came and went, like I, what was I doing in 2013 to not know that Die Hard five came out? That's what bu- bugs me now. Like, what was going on in my life? <laughs> How did you miss yeah, this? How did I miss this? Because um, I wasn't. I was. I was dating your future ex-wife. I was living with my future ex-wife. To be honest, <laughs> like <laughs> I wasn't doing shit to like miss this. That's what's so weird to me. Like, how did I? How did I miss Die Hard Five? Um, like, I, I would have made like at least a choice to make Die Hard 5 at least a little bit of a priority in my life. Um, <laughs> just because it's like, die, like again, Die Hard, right? You see Die Hard movies. Um, are you, are you going to watch it now out of sheer curiosity? I really am. I, I, I feel like I have to. That's. I feel like I feel like if I, if I don't watch it, I'm going to be very kind of sad about the situation. Um, cause I will never know how the story of John McClane ends. I wouldn't even say it ends though. It just kind of, I mean, they won't, but they could just as easily make another one. They can't, they can't make another die hard. I, I just mean like, it's did. not like the story of John McClane in the movie just did, did, did they like? Did they give the hat off to to his son or something to be like, here you go? No, not really. The movie just ends. Yeah. No, oh, it says October twenty twenty. Advanced Auto Parts released the two minute commercial short film Die Hard is back for the company's Die Hard car battery brand with uh, Bruce Willis, Devorah White, and Clarence Gilliard Jr. reprising the roles as John McClane, Argyle, and Theo, respectively, for the first film. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I, will, I will hand it off to... I remember seeing the trailers for the remake of Crocodile Dundee, what? and I was... No, 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 no. This, this has been a couple years ago now, and I was so angry about it, and I was so pissed. Like, do not freaking remake Crocodile Dundee. And it turned out it was all just an ad campaign for like Australian tourism. Mm-hmm. So that it was a, it was not a hoax. It was like a publicity stunt, and they used like every major Australian actor in it. Um, it so I went from being pissed to like applauding. I'm like, that's freaking awesome. 
but you did this whole fake like we're bringing we're remaking Crocodile Dundee just as like a tourism advertisement for Australia oh, like that you know what awesome <laughs> you know, that that was great like that was a, a surprise twist that I enjoyed um, I heard that they were remaking Crocodile Dundee though yeah it was an ad campaign it wasn't real Really? Yeah. But I guess it wasn't really a remake. It was supposed to. It was supposedly his son. Only he's like a fuck up. Like, um. Uh. Anyway, uh, that is that is a movie that unfortunately I don't think has survived the test of time. In my house, growing up, we always liked the second one better. And I, I still do to this day. I think Crocodile Dundee 2 is better than the first one. That's when one. they go back to Australia, right? Well, yeah, because, like, the first one is... The first half is in Australia. The second half is in New York. The second one's reversed. The first half's in New York. The second half's in Australia. But the second one actually had a plot. And it's cheese ball. It's 80s cheese yeah. to, to the nth degree, but... Um, yeah, the, but there was actual a plot with a villain and stuff like that. Where when you get right down to it, there's no real plot to the first Crocodile Dundee. It's just kind of like a series of events. Yeah, um, it's, it's a fish out of water story. That's really all it is. Yeah. Did you? So we were talking on Facebook a little bit back and forth, and you had watched uh, Romancing the Stone. Um, well, just recently, yeah, like I re-showed that to my, because I wanted my kids to see it, because I was like, you got to see these great 80s movies, and I, I love the idea of Romancing the Stone. I don't care for Jewel of the Nile. I think the dialogue and just everything about Jewel of the Nile is just really cornball. I don't really dig it, but I didn't know Robert Zemeckis directed Romancing the Stone, and it's like, that explains why I like this movie so much, because he's my favorite director. Um, and... Uh, but I because I, I love the idea of it's you know the woman who's she writes the you know the cheesy romance novels when she's this lonely you know Manhattan socialite always writing these like adventure love stories about a woman who meets this exotic rugged man and everything like that and then she ends up living like one of her own books I just like that idea that was a fun idea I like romancing the stone um, so I watched it last night just because we were talking about it and I was like you know fuck it I want to I want to go back and like see it again because I, I remember it being kind of one of those good movies it was kind of like a, a take on like the Indiana Jones or something you know something like that you know, that, yeah. that, that, and it's not a legendary movie, but it's no. a good movie. Um, I did watch uh, Jewel of the Nile. I can understand why you don't like Jewel of the Nile. Um, you know, so I get it. I'm not saying it was a great movie. Um, I was. I had a point to this, and I can't remember what it was going to be. Uh, never mind. Fuck it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I still. I can't believe that Robert Zemeckis is one of your favorite directors, though. He is my favorite director, and that's weird. <laughs> Um, I, and it's not even for like Forrest Gump. I could take or leave Forrest Gump, but um, and not even for the Back to the Futures. Sure, the Back to the Futures are a fun movie. Had had a ball with them, but they're not the reason. One, I guess, if you really like forced me to pick a favorite movie, my favorite movie is Contact, and I know that's not a lot of heck. I don't think a lot of people anymore have seen that movie, um, much less like it. But it's probably my favorite movie. Um, I think, uh, what was the newest one that got that, that was done? Uh, 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 not contact, but uh, but along those same lines uh, with uh, Amy's Amy Adams. 
I don't remember. Or I didn't see it. Um, and also going back to Robert Jamaica's overfest, I really freaking love Flight with Denzel Washington. That's a great movie. I love Flight. Um, I don't think I've ever seen that movie. That is, I. So he recently won a. Uh, okay, so the name of that movie that was Arrival. Um, if you haven't seen Arrival, I think you should watch it. It's 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 almost like um, like Contact. Um, it's a really smart uh, science fiction movie. It's by the guy who's doing uh, Dune uh, and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. So um, you should see that at least. Uh, I think I think you'll like that. Uh, but I haven't seen Flight. Oh, uh, watch Flight, man! It's it's great. So, um, and the whole pilot thing is is secondary to it because it's really it's a movie about alcoholism, which I think Denzel Washington portrayed very well. Oh, that's cool. Um, so I I think Denzel Washington is probably one of the greatest actors in our generation. And, and again, not every movie he's done is great, but like. He is probably one of the few actors that, like, I will go out of my way. If Denzel Washington is in a movie, I will go out of my way to go see it. I think it's not in the same way because, like, my, all my favorite actors uh, have, like, really diverse range, which is why probably my favorite actor is Gary Oldman. Because mm-hmm. I think of Gary Oldman and, you know, everything from Commissioner Gordon in the Batman films, which, okay, fine, to. Uh, Drexel in True Romance, like I cannot believe that is the same actor, and Zorg in Fifth Element. Like just when you see him, he looks different, he sounds different. Like I and for how many years was Johnny Depp in movies before you ever actually heard his real voice? Um, you know, just always looking different, sounding different, completely different roles. And even Brad Pitt, I think about Brad Pitt that way because I think of him being at least originally kind of depicted sort of like a teen heartthrob type guy. But then I think of uh, 12 monkeys and stuff like that. Like he actually has a surprising amount of range as an actor. And even though to me, Denzel Washington does not have the same, like he's always sounds the same. He always sounds like Denzel Washington, man. He can be a villain. He can be a hero. He can do something dark, like fallen or, uh, you know, well, uh, so yeah, I really have to give it up to him for for that. Like, man, just man, he will he can do good in just about any role. Um, yeah, and I mean, he doesn't like you. Don't lose the Denzel Washington side of it. Like, uh, I I can't yeah. think of any movie where I've been like, oh, he just kind of fell into the role. Um, so you're exactly right. Like, it's it is it is still Denzel. Like, you're still watching Denzel Washington, but he just like yeah. So, but man, he can he can be a total bastard like in Training Day, yeah. or a man at the end of his rope like Flight, or you know. Um, a good cop facing an impossible situation and like in fallen just tremendous range in terms of the types of movies he can do. Hmm. Uh, what was, I just watched a movie with him in it the other day and I can't think of what I just watched. I'm really sad about that now. Cause I'm like, what the hell? Um, I literally just saw a film with him and I, and I was just in this, and I was just thinking about like, Oh, it's like Denzel Washington. Um, Oh damn it! Oh, uh, Malcolm X. I watched Malcolm <laughs> X. Well, I feel like you have to like. This is 
that to me is a really good movie. Uh, and Spike Lee, uh, the unfortunate part with Spike Lee, of course, is he sticks to just like you know black exploitation films, or or um, you know he sticks he sticks to his bread. But this is the same way that you can almost say that the you know he's he's got his bread and butter, and he'll stick to that. And that's fine. Uh, the Five Bloods I thought was was a good film, but not a great film. You know stuff like that. Um, he did a really good vampire film, though. Anyways, let's on, on the other side. Denzel Washington, Malcolm X was actually a really good movie, um, and that was one of the few films I think where um, I felt like he he fell into that role more than any other. Like that was I wasn't watching a movie with Denzel Washington. I was watching Malcolm X. So hmm. um, I I would say that like he did a really really good job on that film, uh, just being who he was. So, um, and I had never seen it before. Uh, that was one of those those movies. Uh, my father would have been like, "Oh, it's 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 uh, you know it's it's a gang style film." Why? Because it's a bunch of black people in a film. Well, that doesn't make it a gang style film. So I would have never seen it when I was younger. You know, it's something I would have had to like explore outside of that so yeah um all right we've talked about a lot of different shit we've gone off the deep end on some of the stuff we'll wrap it up then so um this has been quixotic i'm steven and i'm john thank you for listening and uh, we hope you guys enjoy this